I entitled our message tonight, We Are in a Spiritual Battle. <laughs> I couldn't get any fancy, because we are in a spiritual battle. This is, um, we're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. So please read along with me, if you have your Bible, please turn them to Ephesians chapter 6. As we continue in our series in the book of Ephesians, um, we're going to be going into a mini-series, which I want to call the Full Armor of God. Um, read along with me, please. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power, verse 10. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt, belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another day to praise and worship you. Thank you for the songs that were sang, Lord God, that prepared our hearts. And we ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit like we always do. Please open our hearts and our minds, Lord God, in order for us to learn whatever it is that you want us to learn tonight. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, distract us or hinder us from hearing you and receiving your word tonight. Guide me, Lord God, your vessel, Lord God. Speak through me. Bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 We are in a spiritual battle. Um, we're, we're going to begin our mini-series within that series of the book of Ephesians. So we thought we are going to be done, right? But we're taking our time uh, so that we don't miss anything. Uh, again, the letter of to, Paul's letter to the Ephesians have been divided into two major divisions, right? Ephesians 1 to 3 are doctrinal. And Ephesians 4 to 6 describe our duties. Uh, however, some commentators suggest not without merit, that, uh, and I would say I, I agree with it, that there's a separate section. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 24 is uh, another section itself about spiritual battle. Um, so, if you have watched movies that involve battle scenes, I know all the Filipino men, they, we love that, right? Yeah. We sometimes see the leader addressing his troops before going into battle. Right now, he gives an inspiring, an electrifying speech, which is designed to bolster his troops as they are about to engage in battle. 
right? Those, those speeches. Now, this is what it seems to me what the Apostle Paul is doing in this final section of his letter to the Ephesian Christians. He wants the believers in Ephesus then and us now to understand and to know that they were and we are in a spiritual warfare. He wants, Paul wants believers to understand what is involved in the battle in which they and us are engaged in. Now, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says that our text is a steering call to battle. Um, there's that, uh, is it bugle, Mikey? Yes. Okay, it's the bugle and the trumpet. You remember that, that sound we had here the last time? Uh, we are being stimulated. We are being set upon our feet. We are told to be men, and the whole tone of that, what we read, is martial. It is manly. It is strong. It is the call for arms. Now, a book written by the Puritan minister William Gornal that runs to nearly 1,200 pages of double-column print is an exposition of just these 11 verses in Ephesians 10 to 20. The title of the book, which was written back in 1665, is the Christian is com in complete armor. Now the subtitle, however, is a typical of Puritan subtitles and describes very well the author's intent. This is the subtitle. The Saints' War Against the Devil. Wherein a discovery is made of that grand enemy of God and his people. In his policies, his power, seat of his empire, wickedness, and chief design he has against the saints. A magazine opened from where the Christian is furnished with spiritual arms for the battle. Um, this is what's written down. Uh, this is what he says in his book. He says, that's not it. <laughs> Wait, okay, it's not here. In heaven we shall appear, not in armor, but in robes of glory, but here they, that is, the pieces of armor, are to be worn night and day. We must walk, work, and sleep in them, or else we are not true soldiers of Christ. That's William Garnall in his book, The Christian in Complete Armor. Now, Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones has written two volumes on these same 11 verses in the last century that add up to 736 pages. The titles of his volumes are The Christian Warfare and The Christian Soldier. Clearly, teachers in the former ages understood the importance of our spiritual warfare. Now us, we live in an age in which so many pay so little attention to our spiritual battle. Do you agree? Yeah. We don't mind this until we get attacked, until we're beaten down. We don't care about it. We care about our blessings, our health, our money, our vacations, everything else. We don't care about spiritual warfare and battles and anything about that until we get beaten down. But it's written down here for us to know and understand that since we are Christians, we belong to the living God, we are part of a battle. Amen? 
Now here's the points to this evening. Uh, first point is our training, verse 10. Our equipment, verse 11. A, our enemy, verse 11b. And our battle in verse 12. First point, our training. Um, it's not working out. My, my slides are not working out. Um, this means that... Can you go to verse 10, please? <clears throat> verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Um, no soldier goes into battle unprepared or untrained. Do you agree? Amen. Yeah, nobody should go into battle. Would you feel confident if the soldiers for your country or for your state are just guys that they picked up from a warehouse or the casino and they gave them a badge? No. We want them to be trained. Now, the illustration is the basic combat training um, this is from uh, GoArmy.com. Uh, it says here that uh, during they have people have to go to the boot camp, which our, our sister Naomi and our brother Robert went through. Um, during basic training, uh, they'll learn how to work as a member of a team to accomplish tasks. Uh, they'll learn to be disciplined, uh, including proper dress, marching, and grooming standards. Uh, this is about a course of 10 weeks. And after you're done with that, then you go to your advanced individual training. And however, whichever responsibility or job you picked up, that's how long your training will be. So there's training. Do we agree? Training is key. So us Christians, we have to also train. Paul writes in, in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. You know, I remember... Um, the very first time I played paintball, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It hurts, uh, but it's it's fun. So me and some other wannabe gangsters, about 10 of us, thought that we could take on this other guy. His name's Ron. We worked with this guy at the El Dorado. Cocky guy, you know. He's Ron, he's, he's, he's a white guy. He's about 6'4". He kept talking trash. He goes... I can take on 10 Filipinos just by myself when we go play paintball. So we're like, all right, so we're going to have to kick this boy's butt, you know? But we never played it. Me and my homies, we never played it. This was the first time we were just like, oh, having fun. As we were getting ready, we were seeing paintball on the ground. So we were picking it up like, oh, look, somebody dropped it. We put it on their, our thing there. Not knowing that it will jam your gun. So this was planted by Ron and his friends. As they know, we were rookies. So, make a long story short, the 10 wannabe gangsters got their butt whooped by four ordinary looking white guys. <laughs> because, because they had training, they had the experience. All we had was bravado. <laughs> we can do this. Do you know it's similar? to our spiritual battle. You can have all the bravado you have, you can have, all you want. You can say, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can, you can rile yourself up and then get your butt whooped. Because you think, right? We think that because we've memorized certain verses, right? 
we think that we've been Christians for so many years, right? We think, we think, until we finally remember that it is not based on our strength. It is in the Lord's strength. The reason why God allows these things is to strengthen our faith. But at the same time, when things come our way and we fail, it's, it is to humble us. It is to remind us that we cannot do it on our own. Amen? Amen. Now, it really is not working out. It, and it, this is uh, our strength is in our union with Jesus Christ and in His mighty power. Amen? That's the key. The key to our preparation for our spiritual battle is our strength in our union with Jesus Christ. Knowing that it is not ever going to be about us, about our strength, how long we've been Christians, or how much doctrine we know, or how long we've been serving in the ministry. It is in our union, being together, walking with Jesus Christ and His mighty power alone. Amen? Amen. Now, there were many times in the past become, when I became a Christian, and um, I've learned new things about Him and His ways. And then I used to think that I would be able to fight the devil in, with my own strength. And uh, I was definitely wrong. Paul does not say, finally be strong and rely on the strength of your might. No, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, John MacArthur says, the cardinal reality presented in the book of Ephesians is that as believers, we are in Christ and are one with him. His life is our life. His power is our power. His truth is our truth. His way, our way. And as Paul goes on to say here, his strength is our strength. Praise God. I praise God for that. Because no matter what kind of training you think you're putting yourself into, if you think you can do it, that's when God humbles you. Remember the verse that says, Be careful lest you fall. So our training is to train ourselves to rely on our Lord Jesus Christ completely. Amen? Amen? We have to train ourselves, remind ourselves constantly that it is not us but Christ. As we rely on Him, we walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. We walk hand in hand, meaning we walk in stride with Him. And then we will produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be in His strength. We'll be in His strength, not ours, as we face our battles. Now, it is important also to remember that Jesus has won the war against Satan. Amen? The war has been won, but yet it doesn't say that our battles are done. It just, from, from you, you've known it, there, I, just have, I just need to be clear, there are ongoing battles for us. Once you become a Christian, the, the battle continues until Jesus returns. But the ultimate victory has been won by Jesus, by His crucifixion and resurrection. You can read that in Romans 5, 18 and 21, 1 Corinthians 15, 56 to 27, or Hebrews 2, 14. Here's the one with 1 Corinthians. 
When a person becomes a Christian, he is united with Jesus in his victory, knowing that he will be ultimately defeated. Satan continues to wage war against the people of God. If you belong to, to God, Satan wages war against you, whether you like it or not. And the battles are fierce, sometimes very fierce. But believers who are united to Jesus by faith alone, in Jesus alone, by God's grace alone, you, have, you don't have to be afraid. Again, John MacArthur says, appropriation of the Lord's strength comes through the means of grace, prayer, knowledge of, knowledge of and obedience to God's word and promises of God. So again, our training, our preparation means that we understand our union with Christ and that we use His strength in our spiritual battle. Amen? Amen. Second, equipment. Let's note our equipment. We will be brief on this because we will have other upcoming verses where Paul addressed it. Um, so one commentator says that while Paul was writing this, this part of the, of the letter, uh, or maybe he was dictating it, his letter to the Ephesians, he was chained to a Roman soldier that gave him the imagery of uh, a spiritual warfare. And then he wrote verse 11a where it says, put on the full armor of God. Now the Greek word to put on is enduo in the sense of sinking into a garment to put on, right? You sink into it. And it carries the idea of putting on once for all uh, and you never have, you can never remove it. The idea is this, once you put this on, you're not to remove it because you're constantly at war. Amen? How many of you who went to bed, who went to bed and you were walking straight with God, right? You were just very intimate with him only for you to wake up and you have these, these you had a bad dream your wife cheated on you and you committed murder in your in your dream and then you woke up with a bad mood and all together it just continues the whole day right but we have to put on we have to sink into the full armor of god you know it reminds me and equipment is to to keep you safe you agree and the full armor of God is to keep us safe. Now, when we were in Mexico, we went, we did this, um, what is it called? The zipline. We did the zipline. Now, for somebody who is afraid of heights, I don't know why I keep doing these things when I'm there. But it's because my family, they like it, so I can't be the boring guy, right? And plus, I already paid for it. So, I don't like losing money. So, I got up there, and... And our guide, his name's Moses, believe it or not, I'm not making it up. Moses took us there. And he says, Senor, you just have to put this in and you have to sink in, just sit. And then you just have to drop. So it looks fun, you know, when everybody else was doing it. And I made sure I went last so I could take videos of them. And then they came to a point when I have to sink in. I almost didn't do it, but the walk over there was too far. So, like, I might as well. You know, that same, that's the same essence of the full armor of God. It will be harder for you if you don't put it on. It will be harder for you because the same Satan will not say, oh, you're not putting on your full armor, I'll wait, and then I'll attack you. 
No, no. He he attacks whether you you have it on or not. So that's the idea of putting on our equipment. Again, we will have uh, another night for this one um, as we go in each equipment uh, as part of the armor. Third point: our enemy. Let's observe our enemy. When you're in the battle, you have an enemy. Amen. 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 Unless. Uh, verse 11 uh, B reads that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Our enemy is the devil, also known as Satan. It is helpful to keep in mind that all people in the world are born into Satan's army, as we were. Before we accepted Christ, we all belong under the dominion of Satan. John 8.44 reads, You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. Now at some point in a person's life, God convicts that person of sin. Just like us, right? And then God reveals himself to us. And then we cry to God for forgiveness. And we accept him as our Lord and our Savior. And because of His amazing grace, we get saved. We get rescued from the hands of Satan. And then we get drafted into God's army. We were in Satan's army and now we belong to God's army. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so don't st stop playing for the other team. <laughs> Jesus rescued us and then brings us to His army. And then he enables a new believer to put on the full armor of God so that he now is able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And because the believer has switched sides, the devil is furious and immediately engages in a lifelong battle against the believer. Christians, it's a lifelong battle. It's not because you won yesterday, it's done. The Greek word for schemes is... Methodia, or where we get the word method, uh, the schemes of the devil. He carries the idea of craftiness, and he's cunning, and he's deceptive. MacArthur notes the term was often used of a wild animal who cunningly stalked and then unexpectedly pounced on his prey. Satan's evil schemes are built around stealth and deception. Stealth and deception. You don't know. You don't see it coming. Now, uh, I don't know if you've read it, but the book by C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Um, C.S. Lewis, only, only C.S. Lewis can make this observation, I think, uh, where he says, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive, unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight as C.S. Lewis in this book. The fact is that the devil is a real being, Christians. He was originally an angel. But along with the number of angels, one-third to be exact, as it disclosed in Isaiah, they rebelled against God. Before Adam and Eve were created, God created the angels. So God cast out 
cast them out out of heaven, all these rebellious angels, because what, what did Satan think? Because he was so beautiful, what did he think? He said, I want to be God, right? Pride got him. So him and the, and the, the other angels were casted out and they were known at that, at that point as demons. The chief of these demons is simply here called the devil. In scripture, the devil is called Satan 52 times, which means adversary. And is called the devil 35 times, which means slanderer. So, Christians, are you slandering? Are you still doing that? Are you an adversary of God in His, in, in his work? Remember in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And again, in Genesis 4, 7, it reads, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? This is with God speaking to Cain. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. See, the devil is looking for someone to devour. The devil is looking for, who's that someone? It's us. Us Christians. And the devil is a slanderer. How does that relate to us right now as Christians now in this time? This is the biggest slander for us. I don't need church. I can worship God anywhere. That's a slander from the devil. You know why? Because God has designed the church in order for us to be together, to strengthen one another, to encourage one another, in order for us to share our struggles with one another, in order for us to pray for each other. All of those are all biblical. There is nothing in the Bible where it says, be on your own, grow, right? No, that's the, that's the slander, that's from the devil. Stop believing that lie. We need you here as much as you need me here. Maybe. <laughs> keep in mind, let's keep in mind that the devil is a created thing. Him being a created being means that God is more powerful than him. Amen? Amen. Some people mistakenly think that the devil has equal power to God. He doesn't. That's not true. It is not true that there are two equal and opposite deities in the universe, God and the devil. He's only a created being. The devil is subordinate to God and only has, has as much power as God grants him. Remember in Job, right? The, the devil had to go through the courts of God and God had to allow it. If, and then he says, do everything, but don't take his life. He only has power as God grants him. As it is true that he has great power, but it is a lesser power and is nowhere close to the sovereign and supreme power of our mighty God. But we should never be preoccupied with the devil nor be deceived that he does not exist. He does exist and he is engaged in spiritual battle against believers. Christian, you need to start thinking about this. Why? It's because the devil is against us. Don't believe his lie that he is for you. The devil, you know, he breaks promises. Here's an example about a broken promise that's similar, almost close to the devil's broken promise. 
You know, in 1939, just before the outbreak of the world of World War II, Germany and Russia signed the Molotov Ribbentrop Pact. This treaty promised that neither nation would attack the other, and it laid out a plan for how they would divide the nations of Eastern Europe between them. Yet, in 1941, without warning or provocation, Adolf Hitler sent his tanks across the Russian border into in a sneak attack. Hitler had no interest in keeping his word. The treaty was meant only as a temporary measure until he could do what he wanted. The devil will tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do what he wants you to do. He is a master liar. He is the father of lies. In fact, Jesus declared Satan to be the father of lies in John 8, 44. The devil breaks every promise that he makes. He never delivers and he leads us to he never delivers what he leads us to expect. While sin may be enjoyable for a little while, it always leads to a bitter end. Stop believing his lies, Christians. You cannot make it on your own. You need the church. You need a physical church. You cannot make it on your own. You need to obey. Yes, we are saved by grace, but we have to obey His commands. We need to do what God asked us to do. Stop believing the lies. And yes, we, as much as we pray for blessings from God, stop believing the lie that God, being with God is only to be happy and only to be, be fruitful in this life. That's part of it. But there are struggles in this life. There's a point where we need to be inconvenient. Following God brings us out of our comfort zone. Do you agree? Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. Jesus was not comfortable. He said, I don't even have a pillow to sleep under. Right? He didn't have a permanent address. He didn't have properties. Jesus was about fulfilling His Father's will. The, uh, the, the disciples gave up their livelihood. They were trained fishermen. Luke was a doctor. They gave up all of that to follow the gospel. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. He's a slanderer. He's an adversary. He wants you not to be profitable. He doesn't want the church to be united. He continues to separate the church. The other thing that we need to be careful with is when we slander the church with our own testimony. When we say, you know, I'm tired of church. Because there are a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, last time I checked, if you call yourself a Christian, you're part of the church. So if you call the Christian church a hypocrite, you're calling yourself a hypocrite. It's just how it is. If I call Filipinos to be late, I'm late. We have a habit of being late. I'm Filipino. And I have a habit of being late. It, whatever my, my fellow Filipino does, goes against me. Whatever victory Mani Pacquiao got, I celebrated as if I wanted to holding that trophy or belt, right? It's the same with the Christian church. Why would it be any different? Now, fourth point, our battle. Let's examine our battle. We have to know that the devil is not omnipresent. He's not. He's not everywhere at the same time as God is. The devil is 
only in one place at one time. That is why he uses his vast army of subordinate demons to carry out the battle against believers. So Paul writes in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Again, I'm going to quote John MacArthur. He notes, Our greatest enemy is not the world we see, corrupt and wicked as it is, but the world we cannot see. That's our greatest enemy. As believers, we must wake up to the truth that we are engaged in spiritual battle. It is serious. It is intense. In fact, the Greek word for wrestle, uh, it's called pale, carries the idea of grappling. You know, grappling, wrestling, hand-to-hand combat. Now, it's a contest, contest between two in which one uh, must throw the other and then it has to be decided when the victor is on top of the opponent and has his hand upon his neck. That kind of wrestling. So that's what we're wrestling with. The spiritual warfare. Then, you know, next time we will explore in greater detail who the rulers are, the authorities, and the cosmic powers and spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places in this spiritual battle that we're talking about. But we have to understand, church, Christians, this is why it's a serious thing. This is why our church offers, let me be clear, our church offers, you can turn it down. It's up to you. But our church offers multiple ways for you to be fed, for you to be equipped, for you to join. It's not, we're not forcing you, we're not obligating you. As your pastor, I would love for all of you to be part of it because I know that we are all involved in a spiritual battle. No one is exempted. You can't say to the devil, can you not attack me today because I'm just a new Christian. <laughs> Good luck with that. He'll probably say, yeah, sure, I'll exempt you today. You know, I'm a father of lies though. But, you know, right? <laughs> Right? It's, there's no exemption. So that's why we have, we have Sunday. Then we have Monday for the young adults. We have Tuesday basketball. I'm kidding. <laughs> we have Wednesday. We have Wednesday prayer meeting or prayer service now. Right? And then we encourage Bible studies. We have, uh, I think there's the Bible study for the couples will start on Friday. There's a Bible study at the North Valleys with, with Anmul and, and, and the North Valleys. Uh, North Valleys. There's... There's the missionaries uh, and, and, their, and their study and their prayer meetings. So there's, it's, it's there. So if you're saying you're not being fed enough, maybe you're not plugged in enough. But if you're saying, oh, you know, Pastor Joe, your preaching is just horrible, then maybe it's time that you find another church where you will find a pastor that will compel you to obey God. Because if I can't do it, then, then what's the point, right? You, it's not about us. It's about you and being equipped in, into your battle to win in your battles against the devil. Because he is there. He listens to our conversations. And you know, this is an, this is an ad lib, obviously, but we have to be careful. Okay? When we say spiritual, we cannot battle with them the way we would battle with, with a person, correct? 
I don't know, I cannot prove it. But when we say things, that's when we hear things, right? When somebody says something, that's when we hear it, and that's when we know about it. So that's why the slandering or the gossiping, right? The, the demons here, there, oh, Pastor Joe did this, and then we're like, and then this thing, something's going to happen here, and then the church is going to get divided because of that. But you know what? Since demons are spiritual beings, they, they operate in a different manner. They observe us very keenly. Right? The body language that I can maybe interpret, that if my kids don't like to do what I ask them to do, you know, the body language of, oh. you know they're not happy, right? With, with the demons, maybe they can read better on our body languages. Maybe they can even perceive, perceive, I'm saying, perceive our thoughts. And they would use that to attack you, to discourage you, to divide us. Right? Because they, that's what they're doing. What do you think they're doing? Oh, they're, are, are they on vacation when we're on vacation? No. They're, they're also looking for ways to stumble you, to discourage you, to use you as a stumbling block, or to just completely annihilate you. Now, please pray for me. Because as I prepared for this, this message here, and for the past three weeks, I've been... The devil has been kicking my behind. And um, the one verse that really held me together to really come tonight is that verse, to stand in the Lord. Right? That first, first verse. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Because in reality, when the devil is having his time with you, you will lose all your strength. Correct? You will lose all your motivation. Or maybe it's just me. But again, prayer is key. And putting on your spiritual armor, full armor of God. In conclusion, having analyzed our spiritual battle in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 12, let us equip ourselves for our spiritual battle. The Apostle Paul recognized the reality of spiritual warfare. That is why he wrote about it at the conclusion of his letter to the Ephesians. No Christian is exempt from this spiritual warfare. No Christian gets an exemption from spiritual battle. No Christian gets a rest from spiritual battle. Believers in Jesus, you are in Christ. And you have his strength for your spiritual warfare. Let us understand what our equipment is for the battle in which we are engaged. If you are not a believer in Jesus, then you're playing for Satan. You're a soldier of Satan, presently. If you do not change sides, you will perish with the devil and his demons and be condemned to hell for all eternity. I urge you to repent of your sins and put your trust in Jesus alone. Do it today and join our happy team. <laughs> and then blend your voices with us as we sing Onward Christian Soldiers. Right? Onward Christian Soldiers. That is our message tonight. Let us close in prayer.
Father, we thank you for your message for us. We thank you for providing your armor for our battle that we face, Lord God. We thank you that you continue to stay, to stay strong and to stay faithful despite our weakness in our times of failures. We thank you for the guarantee, Lord God, that it is never about us, but it's all about you. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Help us, Lord God, to live for you. Help us, Lord God, to obey you. Help us, Lord God, to fight through our battles, to glorify you and you alone. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.